Welcome to another episode of the White Collar Tradie Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Zebranik. Join me as I chat with some of the most interesting, inspirational and successful people I've been fortunate enough to meet throughout my life and through my business journey. Throughout these conversations, we'll dive into the mindset of our guests and uncover some of the tips, tools and strategies they've implemented in their business and their life that has helped shape their success and make them the all-round incredible humans they are. Please enjoy. Okay, my guest today on the White Collar Trading Podcast is Wala Truscott. Wala is a somatic sex coach specializing in intimacy and attraction. Wala works with many driven executives and business owners and helps them reconnect with their partners. Wala and Did that work? Is that right? Close enough. Close enough? It's a bit hard to describe what I do can, anyway. All right, well, can you, can you please explain what a somatic sex therapist is and what you do? So That'd be a good start. It's probably easier if I explain what a clinical sex therapist does. So you have, uh, they'll help you understand your cognitive behavioural patterns, Mm -hmm. your triggers, traumas and traits, and they'll help talk you through behavioural, how you respond and react to things. Somatic means the body. So I help people understand what is feeling in that body. So I focus on pleasure, sex, and how it either opens or closes us. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And do you do that with, like, how does that? work (laughs) you do it with physically touch like getting up people to touch themselves or how does that work it's not naked I need to firstly make that really loud and clear that Mm -hmm. you can actually teach people a lot about their bodies from a hormonal perspective and a nervous system perspective and also it's probably more about unlearning than it is Mm. about learning because it's you know we're human and we're designed to do habits and patterns mm. so sometimes it's breaking those patterns who's the typical client because i know we spoke on the phone the other day and i was is it mostly men uh, different drives so women will usually look for better relationships and men will usually look for better sex mm. so i always think it from a confidence perspective so women are always looking to be more confident in the bedroom and men are just wanting to sharpen their skills. <laughs> <laughs> women are like, okay. Well, women aren't taught how to be sexually confident. Does this come back to um, the lady <laughs> that opened your eyes when you were younger that said to you that women don't have an odometer on there? Yeah, well, she was probably just trying to invite me to realise how powerful a woman's body is mm. without the shame because I think she could see that there was shame or shame is put on women, mm. or young girls, I should say, like adolescent teens. Mm-hmm. And she was just inviting me not to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> just for you to elaborate on that because I thought that was a pretty cool story. Yeah, she just she used to just say little random things to me and I didn't actually understand what she was talking about for a long time. I'd just be like... What is this lady on? Is she just drinking too many straight whiskeys or something? You know, and I, I didn't really understand what she was saying. But in now, in hindsight, I look back on the messages that she was trying to instill in me mm. as an early teen, and she was basically trying to say, "Be confident in yourself. Like, be the woman you want to be. Don't hold yourself back." They were the little messages that she would um, yeah. instill in me, but not just about the sex, though, about life in general. But I always used to think. Man, she's got to stay off the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's see, that, that's crazy. That that quote was cool. Um, and I, I guess I, for context, I'll, I'll give context this time. 
um, I first met you, I suppose, at Mojo's um, Business Odyssey event. And um, I think one of the biggest takeaways I had from that was, um, and I was pretty uh, oblivious to it all, was like understanding, I guess, the biological differences between males and females in regards to like how they think, how they get aroused, you know, pleasure. Um, can, can you expand on like the differences? Because I think that might, that's probably a good place to start. Yeah. So if you think about an airwick air freshener, you know, every 15 minutes you get a little spray of air freshener. Mm -hmm. That's basically what your hormonal system is like. Every 15 minutes you get a little um, spurt of testosterone and it's consistent, mm. which is why usually there's never a one-size-fits-all and there's never a blanket statement about, over everybody. But it's the reason why you're very logical and practical because you're not dealing with the emotional roller coaster of what women are on. And for easy explanation, 28 day cycle, I just basically tell people like, think about it as a nine day cycle. Our air week air freshener is just not one cent. Right? Ours is the first week that from the day we bleed, so day one. I call that clean and clear week. We can think really clearly, we can have very, we're very verbal and we can articulate what we want. And then the second week, we get our little testosterone, which usually mm. actually lowers our standards and makes us <laughs> okay. a little bit more open to yep. sex. And we usually are a lot more um, open to, say, social events and partying. Mm -hmm. And then the week before, uh, it goes into what, the progesterone week, and we go really inwards and we become really cloudy and we can't think straight. And... A lot of people label that PMS, mm. but which just the progesterone in our body just clouds us. And then we become really confused and we can't think as clearly as what we normally do because we're on a roller coaster where your body is just that consistent every 15 minutes. Mm. You're just getting testosterone mm. every 15 minutes. You're not on the roller coaster. Yeah. We are on a roller coaster, but then we are also, um, you know, trying to navigate that mm -hmm. and still live in a world where we have to quash it. Mm. And then because we don't honour ourselves as body, our bodies and what we're actually feeling, we're trying to always like push through, push through that yeah. we have weird outbursts and we cry and stuff because we can't take the peanut butter lid off. <laughs> no, it's stupid. Mm. And I'm a strong woman. I get it that I've found myself crying in Bunnings over not being able to buy glue because I had a hundred choices and I'm like, why, why have I got a hundred choices of Araldite glue? Why don't I have three? And it just became overwhelming. I'm just like, what is going on? I'm like, check the period up. Oh yeah, there we are. Uh, yeah. So that wouldn't happen in the second the week, week usually. First week. No way. Okay. I could just go in and buy it. But the week before. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's, we don't get that. We're just like no. pretty. Even, which Even, is, aren't we? it's Boys, your superpower. Mm. It's your superpower, but we also have a superpower, but we aren't taught how to honor it. Mm. We aren't taught how to um, use it to our advantage. So even from a work perspective, you know, it's for a testosterone driven body, Monday to Friday, nine to five and two days off is usually quite adequate. Yeah. If you were to ask a woman who works full time, what would your schedule be? it would probably be three weeks on, one week off mm. because the body is mm. on that emotional roller coaster or the hormonal roller coaster 
we can think really clearly from day one. And day one's actually the day we bleed. So that's the control alt delete, mm. which is the equivalent to your pre post come charity. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we can actually think really clearly until a few days before our body's preparing to, to bleed again. We can't think straight. Mm. So we would actually have those days off. Not to do nothing, but to do meaningless tasks, sort yep. things out, you know, things that just still is productive. We wouldn't not be productive, but you, we can't make good choices mm. when we're cloudy. Mm. And is that like one of the other things I thought was really interesting <laughs> when we spoke about there was also, and I think it maybe leads to the what you said about the um, airwick freshener. It's different, isn't it? Like I suppose <laughs> when you're talking about arousal for women, whereas blokes are just like boom, mm -hmm. whereas a woman... It's different, hey? Well, I think, again, this is your superpower that a, a male body really can feel their bodies a lot more than women. And quite often men are branded these Neanderthal thugs that don't feel anything, when in actual fact you, men are finally feeling. That's why you can fall asleep really quickly. Mm. You know, that's why you, you do ask you the time and you've got a chubby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And why you can be ready for sex really quickly. But if we're on this emotional roller coaster, our bodies went again, we're not taught how to do practices designed for a woman's body in order for her to warm her engine up throughout mm. the day. We're quashing it. We're trying to get shit done. We're stuck in our head. We've got a million things on our to-do list and it's we have not paid any attention to our bodies or how we feel at all throughout the day. And then all of a sudden we need to try and get our groove on. Yeah. And that's exactly the same as trying to start a car that hasn't been started for six months. Yeah. It's chopped up on wheels and the damn handbrake's on. <laughs> Is that like where the, another thing I'd learned from you, which was really awesome at the business odyssey. Is that where you like the sexual friction sort of is that like more with you know what you're talking about is like getting the the car doesn't just start for a woman like it does for a bloke no so it's really important especially in long-term relationships to cultivate erotic friction and sexual tension hmm. now they are not sex sexual friction and erotic uh, erotic no sexual tension and erotic friction is not sex People often say things like, I've lost the spark or we've lost the chemistry. You've lost engaging with your partner's erotic mind. Mm. And then a, you, how you initiate sex is really important. Yeah. Because you're a very logical, practical thinker. You're going to go, oh, my body feels like sex. So mm. I'm, I'm just going to ask an energetic body who's on a roller coaster the question, do you want to have sex? That feels like sandpaper to us. Mm. Yeah. It's it's not sexy. We don't like it. It doesn't feel good in our body and it, it doesn't open our body. Mm -hmm. it, it Well, there's two types of people. It'll either close them or arouse them. Me, shut, um, no. If you haven't engaged the erotic mind, yeah, then I'm not even thinking about it. I'm thinking about something else. Is that because I think, um, <laughs> well, one, you know, I guess from a bloke's point of view is like you could, you could just see um, your wife or your partner get out of the shower and you're just like, boom, like yeah, you're ready to you're go. Visual. But it's, is it, it's 
do we can women operate on the same level as like yeah. they see their husband get out the shower and they're instantly aroused like if they're in that week two thing or does it just not work like that at all? It's multifaceted. The answer to the question is a yes and a no. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If she has erotic friction and sexual tension and if you spend the same amount of time and effort trying to penetrate her heart as much as you try and penetrate her body. Okay. Well, my question is I'd like to understand how you could... You're, I guess you're trying to get your, you know, your, your, the woman partner in, in the mood compared to the male because, you know, like I said, the ma- when the male sees a woman just get out of the shower, they're just, boom, they're just ready to go. Yeah, because you're visual. It, yeah. Yeah. But it'd be, it'd be good to know some tips around <laughs> like how to, the process around how to do it for a, for a woman more. All right. So have you ever heard of Esther Perel? No. So she's a quite a well-known um, sex therapist or relationship uh, expert. Mm-hmm. And she is quite well-known for a saying that says your whole relationship should be foreplay. But I actually think that's a little bit off or a little bit um, the intention is good but the message is not right because foreplay is what I consider preparing someone's body for sex. Mm. I think that quote should have been, your whole relationship should be sexual tension, right? Yep. But there needs to be an even balance in your relationship from love and sex. It can't, you can't just see a woman and just go, okay, she arouses me and I'm going to approach her in a really sandpaper way Mm. and then think, you know, and then potentially, this is again a deeper conversation, why are you having sex with her? What type of sex are you having? Who's it benefiting? Mm. And if, you're, if you don't have the skills to actually be able to have sex in a way that benefits her and her body as well as the relationship, then you're doing the physical act of sex mm. and that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to go deeper. yeah. Like, the sex in your relationship has to go deeper. As your relationship grows and change, the sex you're having has to grow and change as well because the sex you're having in your early 20s is not going to cut it, mm. especially like in your 40s. You'd be like, what the hell is this? Mm. And if you don't, it's sex is a skill as well. It's an, it's an absolute myth that it comes naturally to people. Your urges do, mm. but it's no different to going to the gym or learning how to play golf. <laughs> yeah. Someone has to actually help you and teach you how to have better sex. Mm. It's not something that just comes naturally. And do you think like things like, you know, it might be an obvious question, but things like porn is what like sort of gives, especially blokes, like massively unrealistic expectations in that regard? Well, yeah, porn's entertainment, mm. um, but so is Pinterest. Yeah. It's creating unrealistic expectations of, you know, it's very two-dimensional. You can't feel porn. Mm. And quite often probably the porn people are watching, if they could feel it, they probably wouldn't do it. Yeah, so it's just purely entertainment porn and needs to be taken with a grain of salt, I suppose, for blokes who smash it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm not, I'm not against it or for it. It's... As long as it's not affecting your ability, if it's or when it does start affecting your ability to connect with an actual human, 
because you've created a habit and pattern that, you know, you've got a, a specific turn on mm. and now you're struggling to engage with an actual human, mm. then you might have a problem. Yeah. This is also probably hard to answer, I suppose, but how much of a typical relationship is sex? Like how important is a sex component? Can you define a healthy level of intimacy? I, I suppose it's different for everybody. Isn't I'm it? always going to come back to quality over quantity. Mm. Because if you are having really, really good sex, you don't need it every day. Yeah. But if you're just having what I call like ham and pineapple sex. <laughs> oh, I remember this. Then it's not fulfilling and mm. you'll chase it. And it's not high quality sex. A high sex drive is totally different to high quality sex. And I'm yet to meet a woman who says no to high quality sex. Mm. But I've met a lot of women. <laughs> will say no to low quality sex, but a high quantity of it. Yeah. Is that, is that, does that, does that come down to the, like learning how to connect like on a, I suppose it's a few, few things, isn't it? But what, what, what makes some sex more quality than, than not quality sex? Like, is it, does it come down to the connection or is it a number of things? Uh, it's, it's multifaceted. However, if you, if you're able to keep the erotic friction, up in your relationship, her body has to be relaxed. Stress and tension will cancel out pleasure. Mm. And then if you, if I could just, you know, wave a magic wand and this would be the perfect scenario, she would actually know what her body wants and then she, you would come home and she would ask for her sexual needs to be met by you. Mm. Most women can't put the order in because they can't order off of a menu that doesn't exist. Yeah. Because it's not passed on, it's not taught. That's what I do. I help women understand what's on the menu, but according <laughs> to what their body feels, depending on where they're, where they're at in their cycle. Yeah. So is it still possible to have... Yes, maybe... you're blushing. <laughs> You rattled me a bit while. Um, <laughs> Why is that? I knew this would happen. Why, so why are you good. rattled though? Oh, I don't know. Just because uh, uh, well, pretty out of my comfort zone right now. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Uh, but does what is what I'm saying making sense? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all that you know. No, that that is that's all that matters. But what what um, can you like give examples of the sexual tension things that might be a thing that keeps popping up in this conversation, like? Yeah. What does it really, what does it mean? So there's, your body is going to uh, either open or close depending on how someone interacts with you. Mm -hmm. So erotic friction and sexual tension is your ability to engage the erotic mind and then create space so that that thought lingers in that person's mind. That is what's going to cultivate the erotic friction and the sexual tension. Mm -hmm. But if you slap your partner's ass while she's getting something out of the dishwasher oh. or grab a boob, it is now no longer the mind, it is now the body, and that cancels each other out. Now yeah. I'm going to give you a shit ton of stink eye because it is like you are telling me that you potentially 
like want something sexually or you might find uh, like attractive or whatever your message will be, mm. but it comes with a sigh because it is so brutal yeah. <laughs> to our subtle bodies. A woman's body uh, is very energetic and we notice all the subtleties, but a slap on the ass or the grab on the boob, it's not very subtle, is it? No, I've been definitely doing that wrong for a while. I, I would actually, um, one of my biggest uh, advice I tell people is it either turns somebody's body on or it turns them completely off. Yeah. And it's usually not one or the other. It's usually, or unless there's a lot of erotic friction, then you can do the playful stuff. But if you are groping your partner outside of the bedroom, it's only going to make the erotic touch inside the bedroom less intense. Mm. So keep outside of the bedroom, affectionate, caring, are we, kind. Are we, are we mostly speaking about, is it the same for blokes, like with the erotic tension? Everyone's body's different. So I find that um, men, majority, not all, like it. Mm, I was going to say, like, <laughs> if you they, got groped in the kitchen yeah. as a bloke, you'd probably be like, yeah, well, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that's, that's because your body's able to reset very quickly. Yeah. And you're able to regulate your body really well. Mm -hmm. That's your superpower. Mm. And it's also a very blunt, you know, <laughs> mm. sign that this person is, finds you attractive or up for sex or whatever it is. Yeah. Where with, if you're dealing with a woman's body, you need to be able to dance. You need to actually make her dance for it, mm. which is, but if you, we quite often are not given enough time to dance for it because you're too busy dry humping our leg. Are you saying, so are you saying, I'm picturing it as like a, <laughs> is it like a graph that just got like going up? Say, say during for the day. Women. Yeah, for women right now. Say yeah. it's during the day and you send her like a, a text or something that creates a little bit of erotic friction and, you know, and then, and then you're in the kitchen and you slap her ass. Is it like. Yeah, you're plummet. You're plummet. Yeah. And is it, can you come back from that? <laughs> How do we come back from that? Well, you're... We just shouldn't do it in the first place. It's not that you shouldn't do it. It's, it's, it's your ability to be able to cultivate that erotic friction where she knows what you want, but you give her enough space for her to walk towards you and ask or approach. But because your body is so reactive and finally feeling, you're onto it. Mm. We don't have the space, right? But then it's also the high quality sex as well. It's also where she's at in her cycle. This is not just a cookie cutter style yeah. answer of what's happening here. But how to cultivate erotic friction in a woman's body, we actually need to spend more time with other sex positive women. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to stop comparing and competing. Women are comparing and competing in our mind. So we are mind effing other women and then we come home and we want you to be our girlfriends mm. and we want to offload our emotional day onto you and you don't like that. Mm. Well, your body's not designed to process it as well as mine. Yeah. Right? And there's going to be a point where you're like, yeah. can, can that you? That never happens to me. <laughs> I love listening to it. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> so, but is that, okay. So if... Because this is going to be a lot of blokes. I'm going to get this question. I know I am. Mm. One, I wanted to. I was going to write it down, but I want to ask a couple of little tips on 
how to create this erotic tension throughout the day when they're at work, blokes are at work, because I know I'll get asked that. How do you create erotic friction in your erotic, partner? Yeah, I guess like if you had a few little helpful tips for blokes out there who, because a lot of the guys this listen to this a, like the business. This is not a trade. tips thing. This is not a tips thing. I can explain it to you, but I'm not going to just give you tips or else that means that the erotic friction you're trying to cultivate is now contaminated mm. because now there's an end goal, mm -hmm. right? So your ability to control your own sexuality and only have sex when it benefits your partner and the relationship rather than using her as a form of a release. Okay. Mm. What about, um, also the second question I had was, mm -hmm. it sounds like it would be a benefit. This might be a stupid question. Walla, There's but no such thing. It Go sounds ahead. like it might be a benefit for guys to know where their wife's at on their Absolutely. cycle. Do you ever, have you ever like re recommended someone to get like, or be like as part app. of your flow app, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, get yeah, put absolutely. on the flow app or something so you can get some updates? I'm telling you now, if you can figure out the cloudy week and you just show that woman a little bit of love for a few days and you pick up some Chinese takeaway on the way home where you make her feel like she doesn't have to have her shit together that few days, she'll take care of the rest. <laughs> oh, shit, that's a good cue. Okay. If you want to create erotic friction, there it is. Show her, penetrate her heart. Mm. But it also depends on the the week or the part of the cycle as to what she's most going to want or need in that time. Yeah, so she'll, yeah. every woman's different. Yeah, I know that, but yeah. But there's, um, we, we go inwards. Mm. When we go inwards and we, we're non-verbal, we're non yeah. We're just, we're emotional and non-verbal and we can't articulate what we want and that drives you crazy. But if you are able to figure out that cycle and then show us some kindness and compassion and go, baby, okay, mm. and you've figured out, hey, you know, she, her body is preparing, our bodies are, hey, we're in pain, we're cramping and we're still trying to pretend like we're good. Yeah. And it's a big lie. And so I've got a theory that every time we quash what we're trying to feel throughout the month, it's going to come out because we can't help it because it will come out in emotion and it looks like we're crazy people. Yeah. But in actual fact, if you, you could figure that just a few days yeah, and just be kind to us and be loving and be accepting and say, okay, yep, houses look like shit and, you know, you've got wee bits in your hair and <laughs> I still love you. It's yeah. fine. But, and we will literally take care of the rest of the month like mm. a powerhouse because mm. that's what we're designed to do. And that's, I think that might, that sort of leads into one of the questions I had a bit further down the track, but um, you speak a fair bit about like the um, the go mode and the flow mode for, for women, you know, yeah. is that sort of like a bit what you're alluding to there is like where they're, you know, it's, it's, it's harder, it's, I don't know if it's harder for women, but you know, women have got those two modes where they're like, take, like you said, they're taking care of everything. They're like owning the house, the kids, whatever it may be. And then we come home from work and we expect them to go from that go mode into like the flow mode, which you were saying, which is more where like the body opens up. Mm -hmm. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. So in the tantric world, they'll use masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. I think that's confusing. There's a lot of gender connotations attached to both of those words. So that's why I use go mode and flow mode. But you see, 
when it comes to erotic friction and sexual tension. It's, it's uh, created on opposites, right? So if you have two people that have been in go mode all day. Yeah. And then it comes to the end of the day and now you've got two people needing to be in flow mode and two different hormonal systems on how to relax that body, mm. quite often men will want to have sex to get into their flow mode, right? So they've been on go, 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 go all day, which is structure, mm. get shit done, black and white, to-do lists. And then in to get into your flow mode is all about a non-linear movement. So this is the only time <laughs> that men do non-linear movement is when they're actually having sex. So, really? Well, think about it. Where else do you move your body in a way that is in a non-linear fashion? Then the orgasm is just a bonus, mm. right? But if you've got women that have been in go mode all day, Monday to Friday, nine to five, or kids all day, or sitting watching a computer, she's now in go mode. So how do we get that body out of go mode into flow mode? Because you now want to be flow mode. So now you're not polarized. Mm. You're together. You're on the same. There's no polarization there. But our bodies take a lot longer yeah. to truly relax. Yeah. And then you, not all, but you're coming home wanting to connect sexually so that you can do the control alt delete for the day. Mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've still got 45 tabs open. Yeah. And women will only close one tab at a time. Because I think that's a, that's a wicked tip actually. It's like where, I don't know, we're not doing tips. It's the wrong word, but... Yeah, it's never we're, just we're... the tip either. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> where, um, like, you know, I think that's where a lot of guys can get frustrated because they, and I, and I think it's because they don't understand the scientific differences. Like they get home from work, like you said, both been in go mode, Yeah. Where, but a bloke is like the air wick freshener and he can just go yeah. from go I mode to flow mode, yeah. boom, and then like probably just go back to go mode again. No, no yeah. worries. And, and like you think sex. what's wrong and the bloke, uh, from a bloke's perspective, yeah. they can be like, what's wrong with me? Like. Uh, is my wife not attracted to me or starts thinking about all sorts of weird shit Yeah, because you, the women are just built differently oh, cool. to go from. Yeah. You're yeah, happy hey. with ham and pineapple pizza. It's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. But we, if we're in um, clarity week, we're going to want that flavor. If we're in our testosterone week, we're probably going to want hot salami. And, mm. then if <laughs> and then if we're in our inward week, we're going to probably want some sort of, you know, really plain, Mm. Plain pizza where margarita. it's just margarita pizza <laughs> where it's just, you know, very simple yeah. and easy to digest. But if we could work out how to ask for what we want, both cleanly and clearly, you would always get the flavours and the spontaneity that men desire mm. if women could actually learn to ask for what they want, but it's unreasonable to expect someone to order off of a menu that doesn't exist. Mm. And that's where you come in with a lot yeah. of the stuff you do is you, te you teach women how to yes. get I their menu, figure I out their menu. I teach women the importance of doing little and often practices that are designed for a woman's body to help them get out of go mode into flow mode throughout the day. Mm -hmm. That's how you warm. She's got to be responsible for warming up her own body as well. That's just not because you've come home and 
you know, you look good and all of a sudden we're supposed to be aroused. They should, why don't they? <laughs> Bullshit. It's <laughs> <laughs> horrible. Um, but we need to be able to do little and often practices throughout the day so that our engine is warm. Yeah. But we're not taught how to do it. And it's just something that is, hasn't been passed on. Yeah. But I'm telling you now, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> what, you reckon it can get too much for blokes or something if oh. their wife is suddenly in the... I don't... I, I disagree. <laughs> I don't reckon it... Maybe, no, maybe it is. Better make sure your life insurance sorted, <laughs> mate, because if you die, you die. What, what, what about on the, other, on the flip side when you work with, like, I know you just explained how you help women, like, learn their body, understand what they, their order. Yeah. But when you're on the flip side and you're helping just the male with when they come to you, what sort of the things are you helping them with? And I'm not suggesting you give away every one of your secrets or whatever, but like what, what are they coming to you wanting to know or how are you helping them? Usually they come and see me when they've tried everything and it's not working. So they're just at wit's end or they're confused because they love their partner and they want to love their partner but there's a disconnect. And so what I do is I help them to just understand what needs to happen in order for her nervous system and her hormonal system to relax. So her, her hormonal system is never going to relax, but her nervous system can relax. Mm, yeah. And if you were able to learn just some really key elements on how to relax a woman's nervous system and what is required... We're always on edge. That's how. That's just how we're designed to be on edge, and we're always designed to look at worst case scenario. We're always designed to, you know, quash ourselves. Mm -hmm. And there's just certain things that once you learn how to, what I call, drive the train, then we can relax. Okay. Because uh, I'm telling you now that most men, <laughs> yeah. not all, pride themselves on being laid back and easygoing. But are you saying they're not really? It doesn't help a woman's nervous system at all. Not one bit. Okay. Can you... Um, all right. I'll have to think about that answer for a bit. What is, well, what think do you about mean by the hormonal system. Laid back and easy going does not belong outside of the bedroom. And nice and polite doesn't belong in it. It means that two people are not contributing. Okay. Right. So, and we're also not very good decision makers. We can make decisions, but we're also emotional. We're constantly second guessing ourselves. So if you have someone that's just like, oh, I'm, I'm laid back and easy going, oh, whatever, go with whatever. I just would think you're a pain in the ass. Mm. Right. I need you to contribute. Mm -hmm. But how many people just like, whatever's easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, means she's got to make another decision. She's got to make another decision. She's got to make another decision. Does not relax a woman's body making 15,000 decisions in a day, depending on where we are in our cycle. Mm. Mm. So does that mean like if you want to buy a race car, you should just decide without asking do, your wife? Do it in the testosterone <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, how often, you know, when these when couples... Do you work with couples, actually, because I think... I will work with couples in a session if they want to learn more about sex in general and mm -hmm. how to kind of have higher quality sex, but I don't unpack 20 years of resentment. Yeah. Right? I leave that to the psychologist. 
I like to just concentrate on the pleasure mm-hmm. part and making sure that the sex is aligned and of high quality. Mm-hmm. How often do you think, in your opinion, like when people, these cu- men are coming to you individually and the women are coming to you individually, do you get it a lot where they're right at their wits end? Like, And I get my question is really is like, how how often do you see a lack of sex or unsatisfying sex as like a a really integral problem in a relationship that's like going to end going to end it sort of thing it's is it often look not every relationship needs sex some people are quite happy to just exist without it but mm. if you need it and it's not there you'll definitely notice it mm. right but we also have to come back to making sure that we're having deeper sex, better sex. And it's it's always quite um, astounding to me when people talk to me about, you know, high quality sex when they talk about positions. And I'm just like... Oh, so it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's okay. probably about doing less. It's Doing less and feeling more. Okay. Like, I just want to do one of your workshops now. Like, <laughs> all these um, more questions I ask, the more questions I'm, I'm getting in my mind. Yeah. Well, as long as what I'm saying is making it, sense. No, it is. It is, but it just, uh, it just like sort of makes you think about the next thing. Like, oh, fuck, I need to learn more about, you know, well, this or that. That's what I just tried to say before that sex is, is a skill. Mm. But if you don't go deeper, and you don't explore higher quality sex, but you need both people on board for that. If if she feels like she's leading, you're leading her down a particular path, she knows that it's because you've got an ulterior motive and you want to do some crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> sexual thing with her, and there's nothing in it for her. Yeah, like she's and but she might still be willing to do it, but you can't pretend that it's for her. It's for you. Yeah. And I hear it all the time. Oh, I just want her to enjoy this. I just want her. Well, she doesn't, right? It's for you and that's perfectly okay, but don't gift wrap it. Yeah, that's really interesting actually because she so you're saying it's like it's totally okay and normal for you to want something because it's what you want, <laughs> but it's important for you to communicate that, hey, this is what I want and this it's because I, I want it and it's got nothing to do with That's how you, you. have integrity behind your sexual desires. You cannot gift wrap yeah. your sexual desires and then want your partner to want them so you can have them. Mm. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But like it's 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 about communicating like is that all about putting your order in? Well, you gotta make sure that you're having good sex before you try and add the circus into it. Okay. Right? So you're the sex you're having from an intimate perspective, needs to be of high quality, mm. then the sex that you explore is only going to be like the sprinkle on top of the good sex. Mm. But if you try and go down the garden path of doing weird things that push her beyond her limits, then you're probably not going to get the outcome that you desire. But if you become skilled in creating an environment where her body is open. Mm. So, because I reckon that I, I bet you there's, and I bet you there's a lot of blokes out there who are probably having like below average sex yeah. lives, but they they probably think it's because like it's because of 
not having threesomes, like because you know, or you, you know what I mean. But you're saying Fantasy like you need sex. to get the yeah. the baseline right before you can even start thinking about like how you're going to go to the next level. I think people need to think about the difference between high sex drive and high quality sex. Mm. Because if you are in control of your sexuality and you are only having sex with your partner because it benefits them and the relationship, it's totally different to saying, I need sex, I need sex, I need sex. Because that's not high quality sex. That's release sex. It means you are not in control of your sexuality. Mm. We might have to do round two because we're going to like buzz out after I (laughs) listen to this back and I'm going to be like, oh, I've got more questions. That's okay. What about, do you get a lot of people coming to you that one partner has really low sex drive and one has really high sex drive? Yeah, both sides. Yeah, and I mean, what are the things to look, to, to know, is there, is there typ- typical things we need to know about that? Because I don't, you know, we're not doing tips sort of things. No, no. But... So there's four things you need to take into account if your body is not um, on board, so to speak. You need to think about your biochemistry, what's in your blood, are you on a medication, cigarettes, alcohol, recreational drugs, drugs, pharmaceuticals, food, diet, dehydrated, all of that's going to affect your body, yep. then you've got to think about your biomechanics, your bones, your muscles, where are you sore, you know, have you got aches and pains, they need to be addressed because that's also going to affect your libido. Then we have uh, physical scarrings, you know, have you had yeah. <laughs> surgery, birth, <laughs> it's yep. a trauma, birth is a trauma and, and uh, Western women are certainly not nurtured enough um, after giving birth and also not even giving birth, but even cesareans, that's all trauma. It's all trauma to the body, physical trauma. And then we have to also then investigate the emotional trauma, what your upbringing was like, cultural, religious influences, good experiences, bad experiences, um, high school, parents, all of that stuff all comes into play mm. on how it affects your libido, mm-hmm. right? It's not just whether you in the mood or not, there's yeah. all this other stuff that goes with it. And then we need to figure out um, the uh, how you initiate because initiating sex and doing it in a way where it lands in your partner's body is really important and I think we're quite logical and practical in how we approach it versus, you know, the, the push-pull of the erotic friction. Mm. Yeah. And then we got to talk about the flavours. Are we allowed? Yeah. Can we talk about the flavours? Chip, what do you want to talk about? What are they? I'd like to... <laughs> I'd, oh, God, I did look... Um, what are... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you asked me that. Um, well, you are here to tell me what the flavours are, so... So as long as your relationship has erotic friction, mm. sex won't feel like a task. Mm-hmm. Okay, if there's not enough erotic friction and not enough sexual tension, sex will feel like a task. It's just another thing that has to happen. There's only three reasons why people have sex. To avoid sulking, to avoid abuse, because they want to. Interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> the flavours, if you've got erotic friction and sexual tension in your relationship, there are, I teach five flavours. 
there are more, but for the sake of easy um, teaching, I say the first flavour is intimacy. That is non-sexual uh, affection. It's the spooning on the couch. It's the holding the hands. It's the kiss on the forehead. It's the affectionate stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I go into what I call connective sex. That's the in the mood sex. That's the, hey, you know, we've got 20 minutes before we've got to pick the kids up. Do you want to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that can only be fun if there's erotic friction. Okay. If there's no erotic friction, no, it's you, you, your body's not open to it, mm-hmm. right? You're, well, your body might be. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I'm we have, <laughs> you are an airway. Um, and then we have what I call primal. So that's that darker, broodier, grungier, sweatier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have lovemaking, slow sex, totally underrated. And then we have exploratory, where you just go and do random erotic things just for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah. Just to giggle and just to go and have a look and create arousal through going and exploring something. Even if you don't like it, you can go, oh my God, you know, remember that night we did blah, blah, blah. It creates memories and then it creates uh, discussion points. And then sometimes that might change later on down the track and you might like, oh, we should go back to and have a look at that. Yeah. All right. So there's a play party in Adelaide called the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, a place where you can just go have a look around and you can still leave. Like you don't have to play at these events mm-hmm. um, and they're just erotically charged. So go and do random stuff. Go to a burlesque show, go to the strippers, go get an erotic massage, you know, go into state and go do something wild and crazy and then giggle about it. Mm. But that's only going to happen if you've got erotic friction. Everything goes back to erotic friction, doesn't it's it? It's the hardest element of a long-term relationship because the things that create a really good relationship are the complete opposite things that you need to create erotic friction. So relationships are built on sameness and agreeability and you have to actually get along. Mm. And it's erotic friction and sexual tension. The two words are friction and tension. You don't want that in your relationship, but you need that in order to create the arousal between the two of us as lovers Mm. so that when we do connect sexually and intimately, we're already erotically charged or else it's going to feel like a task. Yeah. Yeah. And once we become comfortable with each other, we stop creating the erotic friction. Mm. So the erotic friction is... Your ability okay, oh, oh, to... Oh, yeah. oh, okay, you go. Oh, I know okay. that, but... Uh, <laughs> but what, actually, I'll, I'll rewind. I was going to ask. Obviously, the, the flavours must change for a woman depending on what part of cycle. Because, like, what, for instance, you said, like, the grungy yeah, part is going to be more... Yeah, do that in the more, testosterone yeah, cycle. Yeah. Day so, 12 to day <laughs> So maybe you could be able to figure out what part of the cycle she's in depending on what... Yeah, the but flavor. When, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Right. And then as long as you can initiate it in a way that doesn't feel like sandpaper, mm. you know, you, you, you're doing the push pull, you're doing your, and if she doesn't want to, you should just walk away. Yeah. Right. It's not the sulks. If you do the sulks, you're going to get pity, mm. pity sex. And then that's, doesn't make you feel good, good or them feel good. Yeah. But your ability to be able to do the push-pull, understand the flavours, bring it all together, what opens her body, what closes her body, 
Mm. It's, it's not as easy as what people think it is to have high quality sex. Yeah. I was going to be doing it. <laughs> True. But it's also like having this conversation hopefully will help people understand that if you're serving high and pineapple every damn night, don't be surprised if they don't want it. Yeah, I like that. That's a good. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I had that last night. Mm. I'm probably going to have it again tomorrow. It's ham and pineapple pizza. It's boring. Mm. <laughs> so the um, I'm so interested about this. <laughs> the, uh, the this the create creating the sex the sexual friction and tension. Mm-hmm. You might rip my head off for saying it like this, but is it more weighted in the male needing to do that? Your body's going to react differently. However, you can't tell me that you don't like feeling attractive. Mm. You, you, you would, you also want to be desired by your partner. Yeah. So having that erotic friction also in your mind. So could you imagine if wifey's walking out the door and she turns around and she looks at you and she said, when you get, when I get home, you're in big trouble. And she gives you a little wink. And then she oh, leaves. Then she leaves, right? Yeah. That she's just left you with that thought for for however long she wherever she's gone out for coffee. You're gonna be thinking about that that whole time. That makes my heart pound it. <laughs> well, that's the anticipation. <laughs> that's the erotic friction. Yeah. It it creates the is an engagement of the erotic mind mm, mm. rather than do you wanna? Yeah. It's just, it's just not pleasant. Yeah. I think you're like, you're definitely, you can sort of just get, obviously that's what happens is people get stuck in that little, that rut, isn't it, of just like ham well, and pineapple. Oh, I'm, yeah. like, I'm going to get ham and pineapple again. Yes. The and logical thing is going to approach sex very logically and practically where the energetic, we're an energetic being and it's, we, we, we do the hinting and the hoping where we, we're playing with you you need, you're not picking up what we're putting down because we want the push-pull where you dress rather have it, well, do you want to have sex or not? Mm. But it's not sexy. Yeah. It's not sexy and that doesn't pull a woman forward to show her sexuality mm-hmm. when it's just asked in a way which is really brutal. It's like, man, there's some, I hope there's a... I, Few blokes going to listen to this because there's some good, <laughs> some, I know some blokes who could deal with these tips. Well, I think well, it's not, not it's not, it's, I'll always give you tips on things. It's never just the tip, but I don't want to give, um, do this, do this, do this because it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, I'm not yeah, going to give you this string of, if mm-hmm. you do this, this will happen. If you do that, that will happen. It just doesn't, mm. it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. But if, if men actually understood that. The sex you're having doesn't benefit the person that you're having sex with. The honourable thing to do would be put it back in your pants and walk away. Mm. But how many do that? Yeah. That brings me on to almost my next question, which is a good segue. Is like re- rejection in the, you know, no one, no one wants to be rejected in the bedroom. But I'd like to know if you've got any advice on accepting a no, like how can you respectfully say no? If you're not feeling up for up to it with you without leaving your partner feeling rejected, 
Why is that is something it, you've got to deal with? Like, why is it like, a rejection? I guess that's what... Maybe, maybe it's not. I mean, that's how most blokes would look at it, I would, I would think. I would like to change that a little bit. Yep. And probably use it as a form of self-reflection on are you putting in the same amount of effort mm. to penetrate her heart mm-hmm. as much as you are putting in the effort to penetrate her body. Mm. And if it's not even remotely close to one another, then that's something to reflect on. It's not a rejection. Yeah. Because from my experience, if you're with a man who loves you and he's supporting you and he's protecting you, we will probably not engage sexually because we're just empty. It doesn't. And unless we're having the sex that fuels our bodies up, then we're just doing another task. Yeah. It's not that we don't want to. It's, is the sex we're going to have going to fill me up? Am I going to get the sex that my body needs? Mm. Or am I going to get ham and pineapple pizza? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I never, that's a good way to look at it. I reckon I might have got this from Odyssey, you know, which I thought, I'm pretty sure because I, I, it really resonated with me, but it's um, the sex is a prize. You know, like blokes who go to go to work. I, th- I think this is probably a bloke's thing. Go to work, have a, had a really good day, like they've, you know, dominated or whatever, and they come home and expect sex because they, you know, it's like a prize for them. It's like, hey, I've had a good day. Like, yeah, you need to I top just it nailed this amazing contract and now I want to finish it off with an yeah. orgasm. Is that a thing? Okay, did you take her along with that ride? Did you, does she know every step away? Did she get to feel, you know, all the emotional stuff that you went through, through making these decisions to get to the goal? Mm. Or is it your goal? Because if she missed out on all that stuff, well, take her with you mm. on those rides. But that's another thing I kind of help men to understand is we need you to be certain in certain things. But we also need you to be certain in your uncertainty as well. So if you've kept it quiet because you didn't want to worry her about it or you didn't want to, you know, burden her with any more, then all of a sudden she doesn't get to come home and celebrate that win with you. You're coming home and delivering news, again, in a very logical and practical Mm. manner, going, hey, you know, I've just got this contract to do this, you know, X amount of thing. Let's shag. Yeah. It's... It's, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. She didn't get the push-pull of watching the story unfold. She yeah. just got the news at the end and all of a sudden what, she's supposed to be doing cartwheels over it? Why would they make us so different? Why didn't Wait, whoever you know, just make us the same would be easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, are you attracted to yourself or are you attracted to a woman? A woman. Well, then why would you want us to be any different? I mean, you know, in regards to sexually, like we what We are the biggest thing you're ever going to have to handle, but I will tell you, if you have a good woman, she will bring out the best in you and okay. she will make you a better person mm. and a better husband and a better father because that's what good women do. Mm. Good women will bring you forward and put a cape on you. I like that. When... when when you run a business or you're in a management position in a business, like you spend a lot of time on devices, phones, laptops, and 
you've you've you know I think you've you've written before in some of your work like that um about devices in this day and age like cock cock blocks they're like cock blocks <laughs> what do you reckon do I think mobile phones are cock blocking yeah uh well yeah but we're never we have to adapt to it because they're not going anywhere mm. but I just think that if there needs to be some dedicated time where you're actually having conversations, yeah, deeper conversations and working things out together and text message is not a way to have a conversation. We need to actually go back and have those um, understandings of each other's needs mm. and make sure that we're heard. You know, it's really hard to feel connected to someone when we don't feel heard, including men as well. I think men need to be heard as well. You bottle shit up all the time and then... Well, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's um, the more vulnerability you share and allow her to support you even when you are feeling vulnerable will actually open her because she's naturally wired to be a nurturer. Mm. Yeah. What... Well, look, I reckon I've covered heaps of stuff I was going to cover. I've got a few things that I probably will leave for next time, I reckon, so. There'll be a next time, round two? Yeah, because I'm seriously, I'm going to have, like, I'm going to have to just debrief myself after this. <laughs> Go we, through, we think about what uh, what I've learnt, I think. But you know you're not taught these things right. Mm. This world is starved for men to stand up and show other men how to conduct themselves as a man with integrity, right? We got we got Tinder where people are like counting bodies and stuff like it's a damn tree fee. Mm. But we've got to, you know, it's just no one's actually showing humans how to connect in a sexual sense in a way that is integral, has integrity behind it. It's not fold. Relationships are based on... Movies, media, and your parents. It's mm. all we got. Bloody Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts, bloody yeah. Walt Disney. I think Walt Disney is a nightmare for most men, to be honest, because it depicted this prince charming that you have to be, mm. when in actual fact, that's not sexy for a woman's nervous system, is the prince charming, because that whole nice guy bizzo. Mm. We need we need an even balance of. Do you think it fucks it up for the other side as well, like women? in the same degree have an unrealistic expectation of men wanting and needing to be like the knight in shining armour all the time and all that sort of gear? Yes, and you can't win Mm. because I have to constantly tell women, like I hear them talk to me and I'm like, well, hang on, you've just put him in a double bind. And they look at me like, what do you mean? I go, well, if he does as he's told, he's your little boy, your bitch, and if he doesn't, he's an asshole. So he can't win. Mm. So no wonder the man's, you know, spinning around in circles because he can't do it. Mm. So even though I've talked heavily towards men and men's sexuality today and how to kind of open and close your women, trust me, (laughs) they're also getting it um, on their side but differently because... I will teach women, how are you speaking to him? Are you calling him forward or are you treating him like a kid? Because if you want the man to show up in the bedroom, I suggest you put a cape on him. Mm. Because if you're putting a nappy on him, don't expect him to be sexy at the same time. 
doesn't make any sense. So that's why I also said women are going to bring out the best in you. A good woman mm. is going to bring out the best in you and a good man is going to bring out the best in her. That's the best part about being opposites. Yeah. Can you elaborate like what you mean about the like putting a cape on him? Like what, what do you actually mean when you say that? So if you've got someone who's raising children all day, they're constantly giving instructions to a little person. They're learning, you know, mm. that that's, that's how they kind of, uh, you know, teaching their children, but you can't speak to a man like that and expect to get, uh, a good response. So I say to people, you can't tell a man what to do and a man never do as he's told. Mm. So why, why do we do it? We have to be able to talk to you in a manner that calls you forward. So there's a massive difference between me saying, hey, Matt, the world's falling apart and what are you going to do about it? Versus, Matt, the world is falling apart and you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do that. One of them puts a cape on you. Mm. The other one puts a nappy on you. Yeah. And the hero doesn't wear a nappy. The hero wears a cape. Mm. So talk to men in a way that calls him forward. Mm. We're just not taught how to do it. Do you think, sis, like this made me think about so many things in regards to like, one, you're right, like we're just never taught how to do any of this type of shit. No. Ever. And we wait until there's a damn crisis before we do anything about it. Yeah. Which is why I've done, like, my business is not for people in crisis. Yeah. My business is to, to, I want people to come to my workshops and events because it's fun mm. <laughs> and because they know that it's worth, you know, giving two days to. You, you go to the dentist twice a year to keep your teeth healthy. Yeah. You get your car serviced every 10,000 Ks to make sure everything's running smoothly. But you wait till your freaking relationship is falling apart before you go, everyone panics. Mm. But your resentment cup is full by then and it's crazy. Or people go do, oh, let's just go to Thailand and, you know, we'll work everything out. You might as well just pick your shit up, <laughs> <laughs> fork out some money, go put your shit down in Thailand and think that's going to fix it. Yeah. I think so. And do you get a lot of people who are up, up, up I'd say it probably happens from both sides of this perspective where like they, cause some of your workshops are like two, you know, they're all, are they all different durations? But I know you do one that's two days, don't you? Yeah. So I do three two day workshops. Yeah. One is called the give and take experience. That is where I teach people an actual modality, like with a diagram. So you can understand who is giving and who is receiving. So both people feel satisfaction because it is a myth that you can give and receive. Yeah, oh, I remember. You yeah, can this give is, and I, feel satisfaction. You can receive and feel satisfaction, but you can't give and receive. Which one is it? Pick a lane. Mm. How, so how does that work when you're having connected sex then? Satisfaction. If both people really enjoy that interaction, satisfaction is felt, which is the give and take, but both people are giving and taking. But just because you feel satisfaction doesn't mean I do which is a good segue to say that I think orgasms ruin sexual relationships. Oh, God, now you've got, <laughs> you got to expand on that one. Just... Well, maybe I should rephrase that. Orgasms are not an indicator of sexual satisfaction because you can have good sex with, good sex with that one and shit sex with one 
So which one would you prefer? So you reckon even your wife can have, from a bloke's point of view, your wife can have like good satisfied sex and not have an orgasm? Yes. Really? Yes. If that's sex. I don't think blokes could do that. No, then. because you're, it's your sex. <laughs> it's your sex. Really? That's, that's a, that's a really good takeaway because well, I think a lot of blokes would, no I, one would think that. But I know. <laughs> All right. So if, <laughs> do you require your partner to have an orgasm so you know she's satisfied? Yeah. I reckon I do. Okay. But if her body. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yep. If you require your partner to orgasm so that you can tell yourself that you're a good lover. You're actually receiving the orgasm, not giving it. Well. They have to give it to you so that you feel good about yourself. Mm. But I think in the... But, but we're conditioned to just think that if they're not having an lie. orgasm, we're failing. It's a lie. Really? It's a lie. Fuck. Are you serious? It's, look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't attempt if, if, yeah, her, body, if her body is on board and that's what she wants, but mm. I'm telling her mm. most women would rather have the flavours than the orgasm. That is three to five seconds of orgasmic bliss mm. versus high-quality sex that fills up her body. And we're not even talking about the different types of orgasm. Can we talk about that? Sure. Yeah. Can we talk? I just want to ask a question before yeah. I forget. Do you think that, is there a statistic or in, in your experience what, you know, how often do women have orgasms during sex? Is that really hard to answer or because, you know. Penetrative blokey. sex or clitoral? Uh, I guess penetrative, yeah. It's very low. Is it? Yeah, from penetrative sex. Okay. Um, but I don't even really know. You read statistics all the time, but I, I don't even I think if you're too focused on orgasm, you're missing the point. Mm. Do you think focusing on the orgasm fucks it as well? Yeah. And if you're rubbing a clear, like you're trying to get a stain out of a carpet, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> if, even the carpet doesn't like it, then stop it because that's porn. Oh. See, this porn fucks everything up though. You know what I mean? Oh, you don't do that. <laughs> It's not a scratchy ticket. There's no $25,000 at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Let's, different types of orgasms then. Go. Yeah. Yeah. You said you were going to Well, you can have that. cervical orgasms. You can have G-spot orgasm. You can have nipple orgasms. You can have an emotional orgasm. If you want to know what mind-blowing sex is, she'll have an emotional orgasm, not a clitoral one. Really? Yeah, because that shit lingers for days. Emotional orgasm. How would you know if that happened? Because she, she'll cry. Yeah? Yeah, your sex will bring her to tears. Fuck, I now know I failed. That's never <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> so what else can we talk, talk about? This is, there's so much to learn. I need to scratch the surface, my friend. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to think of all the blokes I know who've got pro yeah, problems that... I'm trying to see it's if not I can help. Problems them. is it, like I said at the beginning. It's more about your openness to unlearn things mm. as much as learn things. Mm. Yeah, it definitely comes back to 
so much of it comes back to uh, sexual erotic friction and sexual tension. The fact that we're just not, we just don't get you. You can't learn this like as oh, you're growing I up. I don't know what. See, I can't process what's landing for you and what's not landing for you. So to me, I'm just sharing a conversation, but I can't actually pick up like how mm. many, how many, you know, mic drops of your experience. I don't know. A lot of mic drops today. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, like I said, I, I need to go back and, uh, to reread it, I think. Uh, sorry to re-listen to it because there's been a few mic drops and I need to debrief myself. The, the other thing that you need to also remember is it once you've given your actual heart to a woman, it very rarely has to be questioned, okay? Once a man loves a woman and he decides, yeah, this is, you know, the person I love, that's what, that's what will help you make sex better. But if we're constantly doubting whether you've got our heart, we, will, we, we can't give our full self to you. Mm. What's an example of that? As in what like does... What the what, bloke would be doing that would make the woman think that they don't fully have their heart, like you said. Like, he will be, he won't create certainty in her life. He'll keep her, he'll give, she'll be on a need to know basis. She only gets breadcrumbs of information. And I'm telling you now that that woman will create absolute chaos in your life. Because if you want a passionate woman, create chaos. See how passionate we become. Passionate, not in a good way though. No, <laughs> but create, uh, create certainty and then ignite the passion. Mm. Then you better have steak for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Do, are, are you sort of like relating this back to, um, I guess the science, like sort of like scientific, in regards to like how we're built differently? Are you saying like women are like built to need certainty? Like, is that essentially what yeah, you're saying? That what that's what yeah. creates safety in our bodies. Yeah. But if we don't have all the information, we will always go worst case scenario. Mm. Right, and then you're looking at us like we're a crazy person, because you're like, well, well why? What you th you're overthinking something. If you can create certainty in a woman, she will relax. But if she feels uncertain, we will strike the match, and mm. we'll set the house on fire trying to find the certainty. Yeah. Your body very rarely probably feels unsafe. So when you walk to the car at night after being at the pub or wherever, it, do you feel safe? Yeah. I'm petrified, mm. right? I will literally, before I leave a hotel, I will have my keys in my hand, ready to go. I'll beeline my car and as, the second I shut that door, I lock the door. Really? I'm not actually in danger. Mm, you're just wired like it's that. It's just wired. I'm wired to like look around. I'm wired to make sure I'm safe at all times even though it's irrational. Mm. But I don't think men often value how much that means to us to feel safe because very rarely do you feel unsafe and fear and excitement feel the same. Yeah. Right? So you're, you're like, if you're a little bit on edge, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. What's going to happen? And there's this, you know, this anticipation of let's battle, boys. Mm. We, that's like looking at death. 
Are you, and you're talking about uncertainty from all different sorts of angles, are you, in regards to like financial and like yeah. you're there, your heart, like you. Yeah, we, so, we will pick up everything. This, everything. We will pick up the subtleties of the pieces that are missing. Mm. And if we can't put that puzzle together, we'll make it up. <laughs> <laughs> so you, your ability to create certainty in our lives is what will relax our bodies. Right. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. even your certainty of your uncertainty. So if you're not certain about something and you're like, I'm definitely uncertain about this. Are you saying that's certain, you're that's certain just, about being yeah, uncertain? Yeah, your certainty about being uncertain is better than you pretending like you've got your shit together. Mm. When you, you're like, oh, no, I'm really not certain about this. Because remember you said that if you won this big contract and then you come home and you want to shag, she would have gone on that emotional roller coaster with you if you had said, I'm really uncertain about this. Mm. And I'm, you know, and you took her along with you. She would have gone on that emotional roller coaster. She probably would have wanted to have sex with you at the end of it because she was with you through all the steps. Yeah. Rather than you pretending like. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, women are so like. And it's well, so many like light bulbs. Never well, underestimate a woman's intuition. They're like, they are de definitely um, more just wired to look at subtleties, hey? Like, so men I, are... I say women are designed to look left and right. Men are designed to look forward. So you drive a train, we drive cars. Mm. That's also represents your hormonal system. Yeah. Right? That's, that's... It's very straight. <laughs> And you will only exert a minimum, minimal amount of energy possible to make sure your train's still going forward. Mm. And you will only address what's on the tracks, not what's left, not what's right. For us, we're driving cars. We're going left, we're going right, we're going slow, we're going fast, we're doing U-turns, we're doing three-point turns, we're going all over the place because that's what we're on. Mm. But the worst thing you can do is let a woman drive your train. So is it, is it, okay, is it a, is it a thing, a bl should blokes be, is it attractive for a bloke to get, then get more on the woman's level and be looking left, right or no? Cause that means they're uncertain. You know what I mean? Like. I think it's important for you to be able to read the subtleties. Mm. I think that's a high quality man. Mm-hmm. A man who can read the subtleties in the room. Um, but I still will always say that you should drive your own train. Yeah. You should always ask our, trust our intuition and our gut feel because it's sharper than yours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but you're very logical and practical. So that's your mm. superpower. Our superpower is our intuition. But ultimately, it's still your train and you still need to make that decision. Yep. Because remember I referenced back before about laid back and easygoing. Mm -hmm. If you're so laid back and easygoing that she has to make so many decisions, yeah. she will just keep making them because she thinks that you won't. Not that you can't, that you just won't. So then if she's making majority of those decisions, she's going to drive the train because you're not. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to drive it like a car. And then I'm going to derail it. 
And then that's where the chaos comes in. And then I'm going to blame you for it because you didn't drive the train. It's your train. Yeah. But so many happy wife, happy life and that BS, I'm Mm. yet to meet a wife whose husband says that Mm. because that means he's more like a child than a partner. Yeah. Because he's got his hands in the air. But do whatever you want, darling, whatever makes you happy. And so, so much of this comes back to like just actually understanding the physiological differences in mm-hmm. the women and men and then how that goes into their thinking patterns and stuff. And appreciate It all sort of like them. comes together. Doesn't yes, it? It's simply complicated. <laughs> <laughs> what other really good, before we end up, like is there any other good uh, differences you could, no. between men and women that are like, because that one really, that was really good, that one. Which one? The, uh, the you know, the, the subtle, the, you know, how they, women are more like looking at the subtleties and men are straight forward. Mm-hmm. You have the... a lot, you have a lot further vision of things. Mm. You just, you can't, but you, but you're slow moving. Like you won't even probably talk about that big project at the end just in case it doesn't happen. You don't want to look like a dick. Mm. So you won't say anything. Yeah, is that what is it? That, does that come back to where like my wife always is like telling me about how we're doing something in six months' time, and I'm just like, nah, oh. I don't even want to know about it right yeah. now. Well, then, <laughs> there, there's a reason why she's asking for in six months' time because that's certainty. Ah, we're planners. Yeah, you're definitely planners. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah we're planners, but the planning is for certainty. For certainty. It's mm. not because we want to box you in because you can still be certain about your uncertainty. Mm. But we want certainty that someone's, we're going somewhere because if we're not going somewhere together, where are we going? Yeah. And we'll create chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You want a passionate woman, you'll get one. Yeah, I don't think I want a passionate woman that way. (laughs) Clearly anyone would. Well, I think if uh, like a few tips that you'd like, if you can't handle her expression outside of the bedroom, so if she can't be fully expressive outside of the bedroom, She'll never be fully expressive in it. Mm. That's a good one. Mm. She can't be. Okay. So if she f- if she's shushed or quashed or told she's overreacting or overthinking or you shouldn't think this way and you shouldn't feel this and you shouldn't blah, 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 don't expect the tigeress in it because being able to speak freely and express freely out of it will invite us to express freely and ex- in, in mm. it. But you can't shush her out of it and expect a tiger in, in it. Yeah. Pick a lane. So you should be listening to their uncertainties in a way and then... Go back to the cycle, figure certain. out where she's at. <laughs> yeah. Realise if it's just if it's just gobbledygook and she's in her cloudy week. Mm-hmm. Figure out whether it's a genuine concern. Yeah. Right. Have a conversation. Ask her, hey, do you just want a vent or do you want me to fix it? But here's a, here's a bit of a caveat to that. There is a point where we kind of need you to lovingly and open-heartedly call us on our crap. Because that's also protection. Mm. Now, open-heartedly calling us on our crap is different than shushing us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a big difference between saying, hey, babe, like, I hear you and it's 
this is certainly upsetting you, like what part of it is really upsetting you? Do you want to talk about it or do you want a solution or, you know, because you've said the same thing three times. So what is it, mm. you know? So there is a point where you do kind of have to draw a line that what we're saying no longer benefits us. Yeah. Right? And yep. that's because you care. However, your whole relationship likes to be like that. You can't pick and choose when you're like that. Mm. That's supposed to be who you are as a man. Yep. It's to stand in integrity in all of it. You can't go, I'm laid back and easy going and do whatever. And then all of a sudden, shush here. And oh, I want you to be a tiger here and mm. be consistent. Consistent, I was going to say. Yeah. Be consistent. Be consistently a good man in integrity. And if you've got a good woman, she'll take care of the rest. Okay. God, I hope some. <laughs> There's going to be some dudes who are going to be texting me on the Instagram, like pretty blown away, I reckon. By I hope, I hope people listen to this because it's been some epic content. Thank you, Walla. Pleasure. What? Where can people find you? As in location or my Well, I website. guess like not where you live, but you know. <laughs> Like in regards to the socials and how to find you if they wanted to engage you sort of thing. So I am on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, Website? Wallatruscott.com. W-A-L-A-T-R-U-S-C-O-T-T. Just dot com. Dot com. Cool. Or dot E-U. I've got them both, but they all lead to each the same. Thank you. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You didn't cry. No, I didn't cry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to another White Collar Tradie podcast. Make sure you're following our podcast sponsor, Plumify, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and check out their website at www.plumify.com.au.